Hey, Ruckus Maker. I've got a couple questions for you to consider. You know, what would it be worth to you to have your staff have a mindset of elevated ownership, ownership of everything that's happening on campus? What would it be worth to you to have your staff say, why wait instead of, oh, this will never work? What would it be worth to you when you have a family come in mid-year, right? And they have a kindergartner. So this is their precious little deer, right? And the kid comes into school, runs up to a third grader, hugs the third grader like they're family. And then you as a principal explain why that moment just happened. And the parent says, that is so cool. What would that be worth? Well, we today are really in for a treat. One of my favorite leaders out there, Stacey Green, who is somebody I so, so admire, uh, she tells her story, and that's what we're here for. So enjoy the show. We'll have a few messages from our show sponsors here pretty quick, and then we'll get into the main content. Hey, it's Danny, and welcome to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, a show for ruckus makers, which means you're just like Stacy. You invest in your continuous growth. You challenge the status quo, and you design the future of school now. Learn how to recruit, develop, retain, and inspire outstanding individuals and teams to deliver on the vision of your school in leading people. A certificate in school management and leadership course from Harvard. Get started at betterleadersbetterschools.com slash Harvard. With TeachFX, teachers are creating classrooms that are alive with conversation. Their app gives teachers insights into high-level practices like how much student talk happened, which questions got students talking. It's eye-opening for teachers and scales the impact of coaches and principals and ruckus makers. Start your free pilot today at teachfx.com slash BLBS. Why do students struggle? I'd argue that they lack access to quality instruction, but think about it. That's totally out of their control. What if there was something we could teach kids then? What if there was something within their control that would help them be successful in every class? And it's not a magic pill or a figment of your imagination. When students internalize executive functioning skills, they succeed. Check out the new self-paced online course brought to you by our friends at Organized Binder that shows teachers how to equip their students with executive functioning skills. You can learn more at organizedbinder.com slash go. Well, hello, Ruckus Makers. Today is like the best day ever. Uh, I get to talk with one of the most amazing Ruckus Makers in our community. And it's somebody that I've admired for a very long time, Stacy Green, who has spent uh, many years in the same system, starting off as a special ed teacher. And she's worn all the hats, right? She even was an interim superintendent uh, during COVID, if I'm not mistaken, and is now back in the principal position. The one thing, you know, that I really admire about Stacy is that she is committed to her continuous growth. And that's going to come out in our conversation. And uh, just so excited for you to be here. So Stacy, welcome to the show. Danny, I'm excited to be here and have this conversation with you and to speak to our community. 
Thank you. Thank you. So you highlighted in our uh, pre-chat, you know, I did have Randy Watson. Uh, is it commissioner? Is that the specific title? Commissioner of yes, Education. I was kind of tongue-tied when I uh, interviewed him because I don't, I don't even remember how that got set up. But all of a sudden, I'm interviewing the commissioner of education of a state, right? And this is back, I think, 20... 2017, because I was in Belgium. I remember doing the interview, right? And, and looking out, whatever, that kind of thing. So uh, Ruckus Makers can go back and find that episode. And that was a really cool uh, story where he was talking about how he wanted schools to innovate. But this show is all about Stacy, And Stacy is amazing. Just wait till you get to hear about the stuff she's doing. Uh, but from what I understand, she was one of the first seven schools that was a part of Commissioner Watson's school redesign process. Right. And so, Stacey, I just want to invite you. So I guess you started planning in 2017. Implementation started in 2018. But can you tell us a little bit about uh, why you even went for that? Because it wasn't it wasn't mandatory. Right. Like you had to opt in and apply and that kind of thing. So let's start there. Like why even say I want to do this? So as I go back to those early conversations and, and you're correct, this this um, offer came out in like May we had a audio meeting with the state department. They presented it, um, schools, districts, actually it was districts. It was systems that could apply. Right, right. And at the time, the administration team, we were having ongoing conversations about, we had so many good things happening in silos, but even as a small district, the two buildings set side by side, we were not truly operating as a system, but we knew the potential was there. And we knew we had teacher leaders who could take us to that next level. So we put the, the vote out. It had to be an 80% uh, agreements from the staff. It had to have Board of Education approval. It had to have our teachers union approval and then the application. And, and again, we were accepted. And the um, initially, um, well, even all throughout, but initially we did a lot of parent meetings, a lot of community meetings, a, a, a group within the building and district leadership team and just really drove what do we need? We look very different than many other districts in the state. Mm-hmm. What do we need here to best serve our students? And that was always the focal focal point. And from that became our um, our vision statement is we are tiger ready. And through that tiger acronym really focused in on the five things that we wanted our post-secondary success to, to look like as our students were successful um, after crossing the stage and, and moving into life um, as it is as an adult. So incredible time, really hard to go back and, and put in a capsule what happened during those years. And then I shared with you pre noting here that um Darn, I wish that COVID wouldn't have interrupted that because so many things were on track and in place that we had to go back and and innovate and pilot differently because of the circumstances as they were. So, um, again, we don't get that do, but we keep moving on and we learned a lot of lessons during that time. Yeah, yeah. What were some of those highlights, you know, pre-COVID and the momentum you were building, you know, and I know it got interrupted, but what were some of those things that were happening that you were just super proud of the progress? I loved, I think the thing I loved the most was the research teams. And we would pause um, about every two weeks and find an activity, purposeful activity for our students to be engaged in while all of our staff members were, um, they had uh, selected their own research team and they were researching standards-based learning, social emotional development, project-based learning, all the components of what could make a school greater and have the most impact on student success. And I loved being able to, as an administrator, 
walk from group to group and hear the dialogue and the discourse and to sometimes say, let's meet in a smaller group and really work through this and then come back. Um, it was just value time to see staff really invest in the profession that they love and see the outcomes be put into to place to move forward um, as we looked at what was most essential strategies to, to change learning in Stockton. Yeah, right. So the the research teams, was this something that as as a community, you decided here's the stuff that we're interested in and people signed up or how, how did... How did uh yeah how did those groups form and self select right like to to um, do the research I guess we had two state department um, support staff that came out monthly okay and with their meetings we could spend a day meeting with them and identify those areas and begin to um, look at the components we wanted to put in place for strategies and then yes we said here are the five or six areas we're looking at that um, we've received from staff as the areas we want to move and then staff signed up with their priority of one two three and we did have to have some movement there but that's how they were moved into their research teams and and those met that next full semester and then since that time like right now we just had something pop up that we want to look into more so staff are really good about coming together as a small group and researching that and and looking at ways we can pilot as we move into this spring semester and um develop a plan or recommendation as we go into the fall of 2023. Right. Got it. So that mindset of design thinking has not left us. I mean, it's, we post in our hallway, we talk about it, even when we, like we're getting ready to look at social studies resources, Mm. we use that design thinking model to, to also um, look at adoption of resources. So it really has become more embedded in our, in our system as a whole. Right. Right. So I'm very interested in design thinking, Uh, not an expert yet, but, uh, just, just really curious, right? And I, I have a book called the Design Thinking Playbook. They share a number of models, and I don't, I don't have them memorized at all. But I, I'm curious when you say design thinking in, the, in that model, in that process, you know, what does that, what does that mean to you? To me, it means that, and I'm going to go back to a conversation I had with you um, just this week in that that group we met with, thinking about that problem not as an obstacle, as a a way to, to uh, be as a gift is this what does the solution look like and that's not your exact wording but that's what I think about is I no longer look at it as a problem I don't fear that right I look at it as an opportunity to grow learn change and yes we're going to make some mistakes in that process but that's oftentimes the best learning so really just taking something that might be an obstacle or a way to get through and to be able to take that design thinking of okay here's what we have here's what we could do right. um, research that begin that pilot stage tweak it as we go, but then that cycle continues on because it's never completed. Got it. Yep. Always learning, right? Like like you are as an individual, but we're learning organizations as well. So we have to we have to model that. Uh, just for the ruckus maker listing, Stacy's talking about uh something that I put together called the 2023 success series. And I believe the the training that you were at was something about how to use curiosity and uh, intentional design to transform your school. And so the two resources that I'll point, three resources I'll point ruckus makers to. One, if you want to see the training, you didn't see it, um, just email me, Daniel at Better Leaders, Better Schools, or text me 312-788-7595, and I'll get you access to our private Facebook group and the recordings there. Um, Second, uh, there's a book called The Obstacles Away by Ryan Holiday, which is uh, somebody I really admire. And that's what it's all about, right? That the challenge is the way. That's the path forward. And then there's a, a much deeper book that 
we we discussed deeper in the you know the training uh, called a beautiful constraint, and that's where Stacy's talking about. You have to love the problem more than the solution, right? And always like reinventing and uh, yeah, just trying to optimize, I guess, what you offer and and the value you create for schools and that kind of thing. So check out the beautiful constraint too. Talk to me about the hallway, right? Like if I was in the hallway, you said there's design thinking even in, in the halls. Is it is it that is it like a graphic? Like don't forget this is how we do it here. It's the tiger way or what would I see? And that's what it is. It's a graphic and it, and it has the circular okay. and it has the identification of the, the areas you go through. But there's that reminder every time I'm up and down the hallway or students or staff, and especially as we're onboarding new staff, that's also been um, one of the challenges is bringing new staff in um, after we've, you know, those first couple of years, we've had quite a bit of change in staff, but just onboarding them. And that's just another reminder by having it right. purposefully placed um, that we can just keep that. That's who we are. Okay. And once you started applying this model, uh, you know, for, for the school redesign process, I'm just curious, did you start seeing that, I guess, be implemented in classrooms where it might not have been, you know, initially, but now it's like, we're doing this thing and you saw it impact the curriculum. I don't know. Did that happen by any chance? And sometimes it's not always named like we're design thinking, but I sure, see sure, enough sure. of the process embedded. So, yes, like I think back to my first, you know, early years in education, we'd have an idea to come up. OK, let's talk about that for next year. Let's plan this for, you know, the third year, whatever. Now I see it happening immediately. Like if it's it's something that's important, it's evidence or research based. Huh. Why wait? Let's go ahead and 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 look where we can embed that or integrate it or try it without waiting. And that's that's probably been one of the bigger things I've noticed. Yeah. The other really awesome thing that's happened is that with um, our Kansas accreditation systems, um, we have goals that are systems, but then we have goals at the building, and then our staff has really taken to. What can I do in my classroom to impact that goal? And what can our students do to impact that goal? So within the classrooms, we have scoreboards that are that are posted. And there's a, a teacher-driven, like, what am I going to do to impact student learning this semester? What am I going to do as a projects-based learning um, experience for my students? What will happen each semester? What can I take data collection-wise in the classroom that's going to impact our maybe grade band goal or our building goal or districts. So I've really just seen that that data, data piece, whatever there come to life because there's an ownership of what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis that's going to impact that. And then just having more of those conversations with students as well. And so think about this, right? Ruckus Maker listening, like what would you give to have a staff with elevated ownership is what I'm hearing and also a mindset of why wait <laughs> versus we can't do this, Right. But that's, you know, I talked about in the beginning of the show, Ruckus Maker, invest in their continuous growth, challenges the status quo, and then you're literally living out, designing the future school now. It's because like, why wait is the punchline. I never say that, but that's the point, right? And you're living that out. So I just, uh, I so appreciate that and admire, you know, that piece of uh, your leadership. So thank you. Thank you for sharing. So what would you give for that why wait mindset in your staff? Well, Stacey, I'm loving our conversation. We're going to pause here really quick for a quick message uh, from our sponsors. When we get back, you know, I believe that teacher voice has become more prevalent in your school as well. And I'd like to ask you about that. Learn how to recruit, develop, 
Retain and inspire outstanding individuals and teams to deliver on the vision of your school in leading people. A certificate in school management and leadership course from Harvard. Topics include instrumental and inclusive leadership, hiring and recruiting teachers, psychological safety, equity, role modeling, and more. Get started at betterleadersbetterschools.com slash Harvard. You know what student engagement sounds like? Students ask questions. They build on each other's ideas. The classroom's alive with conversation. Creating that kind of classroom is much easier said than done. TeachFX helps teachers make it happen. Their AI provides teachers with insights into high leverage teaching practices like how much student talk happened, which questions got students talking. TeachFX is like giving each teacher their own on-demand instructional coach to help them boost student engagement in learning as well as their own. It's eye-opening for teachers and scales the impact of every coach and principal. Ruckus makers can start a free pilot with your teachers today. Go to teachfx.com slash BLBS to launch a free pilot for your school. Again, start that free pilot by visiting teachfx.com slash BLBS today. I have never met an educator or a parent who does not want their child to develop executive functioning skills. They may not know the language around what these skills are, but they know they want their students to succeed. Having these skills is largely left up to chance. What's going on there? Research shows that executive functioning needs to be taught explicitly. All students need daily practice with organizational skills, time and task management, self-regulation, and goal setting. Lucky for you, our friends at Organized Binder have released a new self-paced course that will teach you how to teach these executive functioning skills and set your students up for success. Learn more at organizedbinder.com slash go. Teach your students executive functioning skills and set them up for success at organizedbinder.com slash go. All right, and we're back with the amazing Stacey Green, who's worn all the hats in her system. And we'll, we'll be able to ask about that at the end of the show. But I promised, I wanted to hear about teacher voice, right? And if you heard the first half of the show, I think you, you did, unless you fast forwarded to this point. You have a staff that's like, why wait? Let's implement and uh, elevated, really elevated ownership through this school redesign process. But something else I think ruckus makers would be very interested in is uh, making teacher voice more prevalent. So can you share a story like how did that happen? It's It happens differently with every individual. And I think that's where that yeah. relationship piece comes in. I'm just getting mm. to know my staff and where their strengths are, but also pushing them into areas where they didn't know they had strengths or hadn't identified that. And I go back to, again, that beginning of the redesign process um, back in 2017-18, and we had each building identified what they called pilots because we're looking at the mercury, so the the space. And so the sure. two pilots that initially were asked, one of them was like, yes, put me into this position. I'm ready to go. The other one was like, for one, I'm not even real sure I want to do redesign. And you're asking me to be a leader in my district, and I'm not sure I'm ready for that. Wow. So with some conversation, um, it's been such a, a beautiful story to watch unfold with um, this particular staff member 
really change her way of teaching. And she'll tell her story. And at some point, that might be one for you, me to share with you is to have a conversation with her. But she talked about being a math teacher. Sure. And now she talks about being a teacher of students huh. through math. Yeah. And just really her really shift of how to better impact students through a variety of things. But um, most importantly, that social emotional piece that she had never really embraced as a, as a teacher early on in her career. So I, I can, as I'm visually walking my brain through, the hallways right now, just finding something that a teacher does well and lifting that teacher up to a place where they're doing sharing professional development within the building and an area of expertise. Um, Like if I had a teacher, I've got a third grade teacher right now that's amazing at project-based learning. She can take a project and embed so many standards into that. Where she came to me so excited the first day back of the semester. And she's like, third, fourth, and fifth grade, we're all going to work together on this PBL. And she just see the joy in her face and the way she's um, engaging students and families. But now she's reached out to the grade levels to be able to bring this in. So that leadership piece is just that permission to don't come ask me, go for it. And if you need me along the way or if there's a support I can give you, please ask. But I want to stay out of their way because as professionals, they know their content best. They know their students best. I'm just I'm just here to give them the the necessary tools they need to move forward or problem solve with them or and just get out of the way. And that's the part I love to see. And it's really comfortable for staff that come into our building initially and have been in other systems where that's not been a part of who they are. It's it's awkward for a bit just because just go for it. Yeah. They're used to being told what to do probably in uh, in some respects, maybe keeping their head down so that they don't bring too much attention to themselves. But I, I, re- I mean, that's, that's the leadership model, right? And uh, it's about hiring professionals, hiring adults that know their stuff, resourcing them, removing the obstacles where you can getting out of their way, let them be brilliant, you know? And so kudos uh, to you for, for being able to do that. I want to go back to the math teacher just really quick because I can make an assumption of why that matters. But you said she shifted from uh, identifying kind of as a math teacher to, I think you said, a teacher of students um, through math or who teaches math or something like that. But why does that matter? Like connect the dots for us. So we know through the research that... um that social emotional learning piece is incredibly important. And while I'll be honest right now, now we're going to fight that at the legislative level. We've got a lot of individuals for those roles that don't see that being as important, but we know through developing relationships with our students in a variety of ways in our school and district and community, that student has to feel a sense of belonging. They have to feel that sense of safety before they're going to be willing to academically push themselves and be comfortable in a setting or a content area that's going to be more maybe difficult or challenging for them. Mm-hmm. So I think that piece of just being able to look at tools that they can um, access both individually or maybe in the classroom setting so they can get that whole brain to function um, and to be able to really learn is something that we've seen through research both on informally in our district but also just reading the research and the studies we've done and the the work we've done through that social emotional piece to know it's incredibly important and we started that journey prior to even redesign we began working with Sure, sure. Educational consultant that's come in and really helped us look at that that trauma informed practices, mm. and that's really embedded in who we are too in our district. Yeah, brilliant. You know, uh, in schools that I, I would lead, I would challenge the staff: for, don't worry about the work, the homework, the tests, whatever. For the first week, just focus on relationships, and then don't stop. Right. 
but at least set a foundation, right? That you have this, uh, you want to create a family feel, I would think, you know, and, and, and to have those relationships with the students. And the same thing goes for adults too, right? These things that work for kids, you know, new people come to the team. Where is it in your onboarding process or whatever to build the relationships, admin team, all this kind of stuff. So cool. Thank you. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Can I make one quick word here? I've got to share a moment that happened today. I have a new family that started just yesterday and one of their daughters is a gardener and she walked, they were a little bit late getting up this morning and walked through the door and immediately she runs to a third grader and has this embrace and the mom's kind of looking at me and I said, you know, we covered a lot of details when you came in to enroll your girls, but we didn't talk about our community groups yeah. and our community groups are pre-K students through seventh grade, because that's the attendance center um, set up. We have pre-K through seventh grade. And every day from 1235 to one o'clock, we break into our community groups. And these mixed age groups with stationary teachers, the teachers stay um, with that group all the way through, meet and we do our social emotional development, um, goal setting, team building, a variety of things. But they have that one adult that's going to stay or two adults that'll stay with them all the way through and the grade level teacher may change. And mom said she came home last night and kept talking about this little girl who she knew wasn't in her class, but she'd already formed a quick bond with this young lady in community group. And that's who she saw first thing getting here. So I explained that to mom. And she goes, that is the coolest thing ever. So that is again, the coolest thing. Is. So again, that's another conversation, but just that belonging piece and that little gal walking in here on her second day, being so excited and being welcomed by an older student was an incredible way to start her day. Yeah, like, I mean, it sounds like it instantly happened. You know, timing was perfect that the student was there and that kind of thing. But wow, what what a way to, uh, yeah, support those relationships and do it with with the students as well. So really cool. I'm glad you paused for that. So I I think before I get to the last questions I ask all my guests, I want to hear you've you've spent your career in the same system, right? And you've you've worn all the hats from special ed teacher to interim superintendent. And so over your career, if you reflect on maybe some of the, I think the positive and the challenges, like what, what would be a gift of sticking around and what would be maybe the biggest challenge? I'm just curious. I would say the gift of sticking around is that I've had a chance to build relationships with different generations within our community. Yeah. But I've also had the opportunity to see how we have changed as a system, but also how we've maintained our identity to meet the students in our district. And that's been a gift um, to first of all, be able to teach with staff and now to lead with them at different levels and to grow leadership among staff that um, initially I, I taught next to and worked together with. So, and the challenging piece might be the same thing. <laughs> I mean, honestly. <laughs> yeah, they know you really well, right? Like, yeah, that they know me really well. Um and I think that's, I had a really challenging last year was there's some components in there where my mm. integrity was really challenged and yeah. that hurt because yeah. I think that if people knew me and know what I stand for and my belief in children and education as a whole and the staff, that was probably a challenge is that I feel like by this point, they really, really should know me. And, and that was questioned. So, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Okay. Well, uh, let's get back to a positive uh, mindset then. So yes. if you could, if you could put a message on all school marquees around the world, right, for a single day, what would Stacey Green's message be? I'm going to hold fast to what our staff talked about and has been holding fast to for six, seven years here and do what's best for students. It's not easiest for adults. 
Yeah. And a lot of barriers can be moved with that simple statement. Yep. Do what's best for students, that what's easiest for adults. Cool. And uh, Stacey, I know you've gone through the school redesign process, but you did have some constraints in uh, in, in the real world. So in, in this uh, thought experiment, you have no constraints in terms of resources. Your only limitation is your imagination. So what would be the three guiding principles of building your dream school? The first guiding principle would be more community involvement. And again, that's the path we were on prior to yeah. the pandemic, just uh, integrating more of our civic um engagement both to and from. So building businesses coming in, us going back out, doing more of that. I think that's integral. The next piece um, would be, man, I'd love to drop all the walls and the grade levels. I look at the Mm -hmm. way we can move kids by really personalizing more of their instruction and getting them what they need, not trying to fit them into the boxes of a grade level, uh, a resource. I just personalize that learning to the fullest extent. And then that third piece, that third guiding principle would go along with my teacher leadership is just to continue growing teacher leaders and um, letting them pursue passions that they find and opening those doors so that they can turn that passion right back to students and, and grow passion in them that they didn't know existed either. Awesome. Well, we covered a lot of ground today, Stacy, and of everything we talked about, what's the one thing you want a ruckus maker to remember? Don't get tripped up by fear or worrying about what other people might think Mm. and know and have confidence in yourself that that as professionals in education, um, lean in on each other and grow and change. And um, on the other side will be a brilliant story to go back and retell. Thanks for listening to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, Ruckus Maker. If you have a question or would like to connect, my email, daniel at betterleadersbetterschools.com or hit me up on Twitter at Alien Earbud. If the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is helping you grow as a school leader, then please help us serve more ruckus makers like you. You can subscribe, leave an honest rating and review, or share on social media with your biggest takeaway from the episode. Extra credit for tagging me on Twitter at Alien Earbud and using the hashtag BLBS. Level up your leadership at betterleadersbetterschools.com and talk to you next time. Until then, class dismissed. Mm-hmm.